Hey, good morning. Good morning. Are we on there? Yeah. Hey, how are you guys doing today? So, let's pick it up where we left off, John chapter 15. Let's talk about uh, a few things here in John chapter 15. We talked last time, if you want to turn there with me, we talked about joy. And it's the fruit of the Spirit, number two, joy. And, uh, you know, what a challenge, but what a blessing it is that, that it comes from God. We don't have to work it up. We don't have to try to get it from the world around us. We get it from God himself. But I found this definition uh, uh, since last Sunday, and I just wanted to put it up on the board for you. It's an inner gladness, delight, or rejoicing. Happiness based on spiritual realities independent of what happens. The deep down sense of well-being in the heart, knowing that all is well between them or us and the Lord. That's this inner joy that comes from God, and it really comes out of that relationship that we have with Him. And uh, we seek Him and we find joy in Him and in who He is and what He's done. And, and we, we can have joy in our trials, we can have joy in worship, we can have joy in the Word and in, in our devotional life. And let's keep in mind that our future is joy because heaven's going to be full of joy. So we should practice now. That's why I like to see when you, when you smile a little bit. There's something happening there. You came here today, right? And I want to say this too, and, and uh, this is not, you know, uh, anything against people that are at home watching right now. But to be together is something very special, you know, and for, for us to actually be here face to face is very, is very special. And we, we don't want to um, minimize how important that is. And so for you that are, that are here now, for the, those of you that are home, we're glad that you're tuned in. We hope our stream is working for you today. We have a little problems that some, from time to time, but we're working on it. We love you too. Let's turn around and face the camera and tell them we love them too. We love you, too. There he's got the camera. There we go. All right. Cool. Today, I want to talk about friends. Do you have any friends? Yeah. How many do you got? Do you got one friend? One good friend? How many? This is a kind of a question. I'm going to throw a lot of questions out and think about this just today. How many friends do you need? How many friends can you really have? I think, I think friends are very, very important. I really do. I think they're crucial to our, just our, our whole lives, our, our psyche, our soul. There's something about having friends. And, you know, there, there certainly are levels of friendship. You know, there are... Uh, I, I, you know, I, I looked up some lists, and there's some that have like ten, you know, ten different levels, and and I think, but the four that I found, I think that are are uh, kind of sums it up well: acquaintances, uh, casual friends, just kind of a casual friendship you have, uh, good friends, you're starting to really know somebody and get, you know, this friendship going, and then there's the best friend. Now, I'm not talking about Facebook friends, just so you know, because those are not really friends. 
You know, I got 4,025 Facebook friends. They're not really your friends. If that's your only contact, that's not a friend. What makes a friendship is this. Friends, they know each other, right? If you, if you got a friend and a good friend, and, and again, these levels, you know, your best friend really knows you and you really know them. And that's, that's like the heart of it. They know you. You know them. But it takes some of these different uh, factors to have a friendship. One is time. You can't have a friend, you know, you're not going to build a friendship with somebody you don't spend any time with. You say, well, I don't have any friends. Would you spend time with anybody? No, but I want friends. Well, do you, you know. <laughs> Communication, that's key. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But communication, you've got to be able to communicate one with another. I, I know sometimes that, you know, uh, you, you have this relationship with someone and one person does all the talking. That's not really communication either. Friendship is a two-way communication. How about uh, shared experience? You do things together. You go and, uh, you know... You go skiing. You can do something together. I don't go skiing anymore. I, I did that a few times. That was enough. Uh, to have contact. Trust. Trust is important, isn't it, for a friendship? You trust that person. You, know, you, you share you know, some deep things about who you are and, and just in your heart, and, and you know that they're not going to go and put them on Facebook. Well, my friend told me, And I think availability is important, too, when your friend calls and says, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time here. Can you, do you have a minute? Yeah. Well, no, man, I'm watching TV right now. You know, I, no, I'm on Facebook. Let's, let's message each other through Facebook. No, no. Sometimes we need to shut all that garbage off and just say, hey, if, if I'm your friend, if you're my friend, you know, I'm here. I'm here for you, as they say. I found some interesting quotes. Let me just read them to you. Ralph Waldo Emerson from the 1800s, uh, you know, writer, poet. He said, a friend is a person with whom I may think aloud. Someone else said, a friend is one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. Someone else said, a friend is one who knows all about you and likes you just the same. I like that. Someone else said, a friend will joyfully sing with you when you are on the mountaintop and silently walk beside you through the valley. And Aristotle, that philosopher, he said, he who has many friends has none. He who has many friends has none. Just to have a few friends. I was, I was thinking about a couple of songs, and, you know, music is, is uh, something I love, but... And how about this one? Um, you got a friend in me. Anybody remember that one? Where'd that come from? Toy Story. See, <laughs> the oldest guy in the room knows. <laughs> 1995, 1995. Listen to some of the words, though. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you got a friend in me. You got troubles, I got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together, we see it through, because you got a friend in me. 
How about this one? When you're down in trouble and you need some love and care. Huh? I'm just reading what I printed out here. It's probably wrong. That's verse 2. I think that's verse 2. I don't know. Who cares? Anybody know where that came from? Carol King and James Taylor. Yeah, 1971. That's dating us, isn't it? But she says there, now ain't it good to know that you've got a friend when people can be so cold. They'll hurt you, yes, and desert you and take your soul if you let them. You just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running. Running, yeah, to see you again. Friends, so, so important. You know, the Bible talks about friends too. It says this, a friend loves at all times. Proverbs has a lot to say about friends. There are other places too, we'll talk about a few of them. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes friends have to tell you stuff. But if they're really your friend, it's a faithful thing that they're telling you. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Verse 9 talks about the earnest counsel of a friend. goes on to say, do not forsake your friend and the friend of your father. Pay attention to the people who are your friends. They're important. They really are. And maybe, maybe you and I need to build friendships and we need, to, we need to do some things and we need to be a friend and build friendships. Maybe some of you are saying, you know, I got no friends. Well, you know, ask God. Ask God. You have not because you ask not, he says. And sometimes we need to ask. Say, I, I, need, I need a friend. I don't need a hundred friends. I need one or two that, that are important. But you know what? It goes deeper than that, doesn't it? There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I don't know about you, but I read that and I, 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 think, I think about Jesus. I think about God. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, than a human friend. And, and that's really what we're going to talk about here today. So let's read verses 13 through 16 in John chapter 15. You say, well, how, you know, what does this have to do with what? If we're in John chapter 15, you'll, you'll see immediately. Verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. He said, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. There's communication there. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Interesting, the context of that is he's talking about friends. He's talking about fruit, of course, but, but he's talking about friendship. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And that's an important part of this picture here that Jesus chose. But notice he said, greater love is no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends. And, and who is he talking about there? Who did that? Jesus did that. And then he goes on to say this, that you are my friends. Oh, there it is. You are 
my friends, if you do what I command. This is incredible that Jesus says to his disciples, and I believe that it applies to us as well, that you are my friends. You know, I had to spend a little time thinking about this, that Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God himself wants to be my friend? Not just my God. There's a big picture here, but, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But, but he also wants to be my friend. He wants to be your friend. Sometimes we think about it. We don't have any friends, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend that we're talking about here today that Jesus is talking to his disciples about and he's talking to us about. Matthew Henry, the commentator, and he lived in the 1600s, he said Christ takes believers to be his friends. He visits them. He converses with them. He bears with them their ups and downs. He pleads for them in heaven. But this quote, he said this, he said this and I, I don't know if he was quoting somebody else because it, it was in quotation marks. He says, have friends but one soul. There's something about a friendship where, you know, you, be, you have this one soul and Jesus, it, it talks about Jesus and us, you know, we're, when we're united with him, we become one with him. Jesus said, you are my friends. He wants to spend time. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to share this life that we have with him, with us. Yeah, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And, and if we are his friends, we obey him. We, we show that we are his friends because we do what he says. But this idea, you know, it, it, again, I just want you to think about this for a minute, that you could be a friend with God. Now, this isn't just, you know, like, uh, you know, and, and I've kind of seen this, and it kind of goes up and down in the, in, in the way it's described uh, by different Christians. You know, he's just like my buddy. I think it's got to be way deeper than him just being our buddy, right? That's what you, you have a pet to be your buddy. When I grew up, we had a, a, a little German shepherd. His name was Buddy, Right? He's not just our buddy. He's, you know, we're still sheep and, and he's the shepherd. We're created. He's the creator. We're still his servants and he's the Lord. But it makes it even greater the fact that the Lord, the creator of all the universe, wants to be my friend. Talk about having a friend who's like bigger than anybody else. That, that, that should affect us. David Guzik says that the Greek word brings out this idea of a friend at court. In other words, that inner circle that was around the king, that was close to him, that you know, he shared his secrets with. But they were also subject to the king as well. They had this close friendship and relationship, but he was still the king. 
So we kind of have to balance these things out. We are his friends and we're, we're close to him and he, and he communicates with us and we communicate with him. We spend time together. But ultimately, he's still the king. He's still the Lord, the creator. But to be near his throne, to be near the throne, a friend at court, there's a, different, there's a whole bunch of different examples, but I, I, I'm going to go quickly through a few of them. Uh, Abraham was called the friend of God. It says in James and other places that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. What did Abraham do? He just believed God. He trusted God. He had this friendship. It, it was based on trust. He was a friend of God. What about Moses? It says in Exodus 33 that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, he didn't depart from the tent. I think Joshua knew, had a friendship with God as well. And it was this relationship they spent time together. Moses would go to the tent the tabernacle, and he would go there and the pillar of cloud would come down, it says, and, and, and stay there and the Lord would speak to him. And I, there was this going back and forth. You can read in this chapter as well, Exodus 33, Moses is saying, Lord, but you said this, and why aren't you doing this? There was a back and forth conversation, but, but there was this friendship that they had. Yet he was still the almighty creator God, Right? That's pretty incredible stuff, isn't it? John the Baptist, you know, it said that, that he was the friend of the bridegroom who was Jesus. And it, it, we saw this last week. It says he was full of joy when he heard the bridegroom's voice. You know, when you're, when you're waiting for someone, it talks about him waiting and listening for the bridegroom. You know, when you haven't heard a friend's voice for a long time and, and somebody calls you on the phone, what is it? Does, does it like cheer you up? Yeah. You know, I do that from time to time. I'll think of somebody I called a, a friend, uh, Tony Fontes. How many of you remember Tony Fontes? He hasn't been here for many years, but I just thought I, I had a dream and it was like he was in the dream and it really didn't have anything to do with his life or anything. But I said, I'm going to call him up just to make sure. And I called him up, and, you know, you could just hear joy. Man, is this Rich Chapman? No. And, and, you know, this idea of hearing one another's voice, a friend. Do you ever call your friend up and say, hey, what's happening? Or you just you sit around, well, my friends never call me. Well, do you ever call them? No. Well, what do you expect? John the Baptist heard the voice of Jesus and, you know, there's a friend there. And to hear Jesus' voice, to speak to him, to spend time with him, to listen and wait for him. That's incredible. That's powerful. Lazarus, Jesus said to his disciples that he was our friend. Lazarus. He, he's fallen asleep. We know in John chapter 11 he actually had died, but Jesus said, our friend Lazarus. But this one's kind of crazy. This is radical. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. You say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend 
of tax collectors and sinners. This is what they said about Jesus. But you know what? He was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He loved people. He became their friend. He was there for them. And they responded. Because the the religious, the righteous people, you know, they said, I don't want nothing to do with you. And Jesus was their friend, and and they responded, and their lives were turned around. around. Why? Because he spent time with them. He, he, He hung out with them. He loved them. I think that's us. Don't you? That's us, the tax collectors and the sinners. When we, when we think that we're anything more than that, Jesus said, you know, he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So to be a friend of God, to be a friend of God, that's, that's like radical. I want you to think about this. I want you to wake up in the middle of the night and think about this, that you could be a friend of God. Will you do that tonight? Set your alarm if you don't wake up every night like I do. (laughs) That you are a friend of God. He says, you got a friend in me. That friend will always be there. Sometimes you have friends and, and they might even be your very, very best friend. BFF. See, I know the abbreviations. But you call him up and, you know, he goes to voicemail. But you know what? You, you, you reach out to this friend and he's always going to be there. He's never going to put you on hold. He's never going to say, come back later. Warren Wearsby said, friends love each other. They help each other. And our friendship to each other and to the Lord is not perfect, but his friendship to us is perfect. He's never going to let me down. He's never going to let you down. So let's go back to this statement I had in the beginning here that friends know each other. And friends take time and they communicate. They share life together. They they have contact. They trust one another. And they're available Is that how you and I know him? Maybe we know him as Lord and we're willing to do anything he says. I'm your servant. We know him as Savior first. But do we know him as a friend? That's the question I want you to think about. Do you know him as a friend? Because he he says, you are my friends. You are my friends as a disciple of his. And that's the kind of relationship that he wants to have with you. And with me. Is that cool? Is that cool to have a friend like that? You know, I can only be friends with, you know, just a very few people really, but but he can be friends with whoever wants to be his friend. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your son who came and gave his life for his friends. And that's what we are if we have 
if we've surrendered to Him as Savior, as Lord, and, and now we are not just His servants and not just His people, His children, but we're also His friends. Lord, we can be Your friend because You are ours. And, and Lord, I, I pray You transform our relationship with You that this is the kind of thing that we live in and we walk in and, and we share this life with you as the friend of God. Lord, stretch us, challenge us. What is our relationship like with you? Is it just a... I'm... I'm saved and I made it. That's all that matters. I know you want more than that, Lord. You do. You want more than that. Lord, thank you for this time we can share together these moments and that we seek you and call out to you and worship and prayer, opening your word together, Lord. We talk to you, you talk to us, build that relationship. Father, as always, I pray for those that maybe have never opened the door to let you in as Lord, as Savior as friend. And today you can do that. You can just open your heart and, and ask him in. He's, he's knocking. He wants to come in. He's there. Just open your heart and, and you can pray with me now and say, Jesus, I, I want what you have. I want you in my life. It's a hard life. It's a hard world we're living in, please, please come in and, and save me, rescue me. I want more than this world has to offer. So I ask you in today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's all stand together, shall we, and, and sing together.